Welcome to the Season of Soul podcast. My name is Dora Vandekamp, and I am a spiritual ecotherapy coach and manifestation expert. Are you ready for infinite abundance, ultimate wellness, and pure bliss? I am, and I know many of you are too. We are truly in the season of the soul, being called on to evolve, expand, and awaken. I am so honored to be able to share with you incredible wisdom from some of the most revolutionary teachers, gurus, and coaches. Each show contains powerful knowledge about inner and outer transformation. And now, let's go to the show. everyone. Welcome to another episode of Season of Soul. This episode is so incredibly powerful. I have Cherish Drivas on the show today. She is a postpartum doula and she incorporates indigenous and Ayurvedic elements into her practice. So we learn so much about preparing for birth and the fourth trimester. We also learn about ancient wisdom. She shares a beautiful, beautiful song with us at the end. So you definitely want to listen all the way to the end of the episode. And then I do want to mention that we talk about sexual trauma in this episode. So that's something to just be prepared for. But I definitely encourage you to listen to this show. It is so powerful. There's so much profound wisdom and I know that you will get so much out of it. So thank you so much for tuning in. And now on to the show. Hi, Cherish. How are you doing? I'm doing amazing. Just moved out to the redwood trees here in Boulder Creek. And the land has really been taking care of me. I feel so comfortable and safe here and so blessed to share this, this new sanctuary with the community. Wow. It seems, it seems really beautiful. The sun is out. The trees are around. looks amazing. Yeah. Lots of fresh air. I go to sleep with the owls and I hear coyotes and crickets. It's just, it's a reset for me. So I apologize in advance for the lacks in sound. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She's in this beautiful middle of like the forest. So She's living the fairy life and, and the reception is a little funky, but I think we'll be fine. And um, it's beautiful because you are in the middle of, of just all the magic. Owls. I love owls. That's so cool. It's amazing. So, um, so you're a doula. You're a postpartum doula. Can you tell a little bit about what you do as a doula and then what a doula does and specifically what a postpartum doula does. Absolutely. So, um, well, doula is Greek for basically servant to the woman. So we're here to assist in any way possible. Um, My doula work spans from fertility, birth, and postpartum. So for fertility, for instance, um, I would just kind of help do a lot more talk therapy with the woman, find out what, what are her, what's restricting her from getting pregnant. And, you know, as a studying herbalist, I can pair that with herbs. We do womb work, um, maybe even incorporate a yoni steam bath to help rectify whatever's going on in her reproductive system. Um, a birth doula, as most of you may or may not know, it's the most common type of doula, but, um, 
we assist in birthing. So we'll show up with our little doula bags or our magic <laughs> tool bags, and we just bring whatever we need to help you. And most of the time, it's just our hands. And as a licensed massage therapist, that comes in very handy with, um, you know, just assisting with maybe rocking the hips or counter pressure as the woman is having surges, rushes, or contractions, whatever you want to call them. Um, my main thing is really helping with breath work as well. So just keeping that eye contact, that focus, just reminding her how powerful and amazing she is and that, you know, she's the creator and that she, she made this baby, she can birth this baby and all things are possible. Um, you know, and also then again, herbs come in handy with that. Um, Arnica is a really good one for pain. Um, you know, mugwort helps to get things going so uh that's another you know thing that we can work with as well and then postpartum doula the reason i really tuned into this is because there's not as much help postpartum and it's actually where it's needed the most um <laughs> especially now with covid there's not a lot of families that can travel and um, a lot of my clients being from asia you know, their parents may still live in that part of, you know, the world. And so they hire someone like me to come and help with assisting and cooking, cleaning, um, taking care of the baby, breastfeeding help, um, you know, just settling into their, their new life. And um, as an Ayurvedic practitioner, I do cook things that are very warm and unctuous and easy to digest and that's exactly what they need at that time um it's really it's it's funny to me how the hospitals will give a new mom a steak dinner after she gives birth and it's like her stomach has been crammed up inside of her chest nearly and now you want to give her a steak <laughs> what is wrong with you yeah so yeah just kind of like bringing lots of um spices to help get the digestion going um, ghee is a really good thing. Kitchidi, which is just rice and mung beans cooked down very softly is good. Um, you can do broths. I like to work with like miso soups and veggie broths. Some do bone broths. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's kind of the gist of the postpartum doula. But on top of that, as a massage therapist, I like to do postpartum healing. So once again, I work with Ayurvedic oils to help bring more warmth into the body, um, just helping to assist in releasing any fluids that may have been you know, obtained during birthing, such as IV drip fluids, um, epidurals, or just you know, the, the edema that the body builds when we become pregnant and we're holding baby for so long, just a lack of circulation, that edema can still stay in the body postpartum. So, um, that's one good reason to get the massage and it's very soft it's not a deep tissue massage it is lymphatic which means that we work with the superficial the top layer of the skin um and so you know it's just like a big drink because the oil is infused with herbs so it's like a big drink to the system helping the body reset helping the nervous system reset and i do incorporate breast massage so that's a good thing to help the breast milk to flow, you know, and I find a lot of moms that don't do this self-care after they have trouble breastfeeding or they develop mastitis, which is, you know, the it, basically infection in the breast. Um, 
or engorgement where the breasts just get really achy and sore because they have too much milk and <laughs> they're not they're not getting the flow of uh, the timing with the feeding and you know so it's good to have someone there that is a professional to help guide and assist us during these times because especially if you've never had a baby it's like you have no clue and it's scary because you're sitting with this infant that you love so much and you know their life is in your hands and so it's nice not to have to call the doctor for every little thing that may just be something as simple as um you know the baby's stomach is just not taking well to the formula that you're using and you could have just breastfed because uh but your breast milk supply was low and now you just need assistance with that so um yeah it's it's nice to have that extra support and uh another thing that i do is belly binding so when we bind the belly it helps one the massage part of it which i use an oil that i make too with lots of yummies like geranium and yarrow and copaiba just great stuff to help break down scar tissue for one um you know from stretch marks c-section scars which of course the belly bag wouldn't be done until six weeks postpartum if you had a c-section birth but what it does is i'm i'm using a mayan technique where i'm just feeling the uterus gently feeling the uterus where is the uterus has it misaligned is it retroflexed is it sitting on the ovaries now where is the uterus and we want to bring the uterus back into a good place optimally so you're not healing with it laying on your bladder which can cause um urinary incontinence later and we wonder why am i peeing now on myself <laughs> after i gave birth well because you have a uterus laying on your bladder that was never rectified and it's easier to do these types of things when the uterus is still full and distended it's easier to feel it's easier to palpate it's easier to move around so really my whole thing is preventative medicine um you know another thing that happens when your belly gets big is something called diastasis recti so those muscles can open those abdominal muscles and um, the bind helps to bring those muscles back and we're so quick to let's get back to working out the doctor said i can work out at six weeks postpartum well guess what honey if those muscles are open and you're working out you're making them stronger in that position let's get those muscles back first you know and then you know just with the upward strokes we're helping that prolapse from or that uterus from prolapsing which means it's coming through the vaginal opening so i could go on for days about that because it's really just a loaded topic i mean we can get into digestion and all the things that come along with getting this work done and the benefits of getting this work done it's not a luxury it is absolutely mandatory and i was taught by um you know my ancestors i am part native american and i was taught by my adopted lakota family um, as well as mexica women in the area and from mexico i was taught how to do these practices the yoni steaming the belly binding the bone binding the bone binding brings the bones back together it helps them it, it's such a deep practice that okay i'll put it like this we have you know that term we have issues in our tissue well we also have memory in our bones <laughs> so the bone binding helps to release that old memory um and also it helps the bones back together gently you know our hips open when we give birth and so um it's just a really beautiful ceremony 
to offer the mamas and I usually have the partner come in and assist or the mom, whoever's there, come and assist me with wrapping the mama. And nine times out of 10, there's tears, there's song, there's release. And um, this is a right of a woman and we need to be celebrated as we go from, you know, maiden to mother. It's a huge thing. You're bringing life into your body developing life and then birthing it out of your body into this crazy world so why not be celebrated when we move through such a beautiful beautiful transition i think that's so beautiful and so powerful everything you said are so many things i want to touch on um, but the first thing really is that celebration and the the what you said is the the right and that is something very much missing in our culture, in that hospital setting, is that ritual and that honoring and that transition, because it's such a challenging transition in some ways that you really need support and you need care and you need guidance. And I think that's what makes your role so powerful because for so many women, they feel very alone. And uh, I think that you, your work helps them know that they're not alone and that this is a celebration. This is not, I think a lot of women, like you hear people, women saying, I lost my body, my, my body's gone. And that there is a different, there's a different perspective, right? That you can give them. This is a new chapter. This is a, a plate. It's a celebratory perspective to look at your body. Now it's, it's changed, but it's in, in some ways it's even more beautiful, right? Because it has these kind of scars of what you've created and what you've accomplished. And I think it's just beautiful that you can create a celebration out of that. What are some of the things when you say that you sing songs, what do you sing? Do you do chanting or what does that look like? So I sing songs that um, with permission were gifted to me to sing, uh, one of which is the Strong Woman song. Um, maybe, maybe I'll sing it at the end. Oh, that would be <laughs> um, so amazing. Yeah, it just depends on, <laughs> I have to get my drum. Um, but it just depends on, you know, what's coming up in that moment. Um, I do bring my drum usually, so it's most likely going to be some sort of um indigenous you know drumming song um sometimes i'll sing to the four directions you know i have like pagan songs um like the earth is our mother that one's a good one um yeah it just it really honestly just depends on what's coming up it may just be i've had moments where like during a spiritual bath for instance um and i can talk a little bit about that but during a spiritual bath i just like the mama was in it she was like feeling spirit and something just channeled through me and it was just like ah, la, 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 you know like i don't know it was wild and i almost wanted to cry i was like i was like what's happening but i gotta stay strong for this mama wow that's <laughs> so incredible. yeah i just kind of i just kind of allow <laughs> that's beautiful so you know, it's so fun oh my gosh so what role does spirit play in your work Mm, everything. <laughs> I literally do not start a session without asking permission. 
Um, and I do that by smudging, which would be with a sage or Palo Santo usually is my go-to. Um, yeah, I always just, I invite in the angels, guides, and ancestors to do the work. And I learned that, I learned that the hard way, maybe about seven or eight years ago. I've been in this practice for 14 years, but um, I was working on a woman one day and I just began to bawl after. And I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, I wasn't sad about anything. I was having an actually pretty good day, but I just was feeling heavy and sad. And I called my sister and she was like, hey sis, let's just pray. And we prayed and, it, and everything felt so much better. But then I started to realize, okay, you gotta protect yourself girl, because when you're working with energy and you think you're doing it all, that's that's where you're messing up mm -hmm. so i just give it i give it i give it to creator i give it to higher power and just I, i'm i'm a vessel mm -hmm. so um i'm honored and blessed to do this work and it came to me i knew as a young child that i wanted to take care of people i was always giving like my elders massage and you know i was just always like the helpful one and I loved being in nature. So it all makes sense to me, Sacred Mother Earth. Like it all makes sense to me now. And I'm still learning so much and being taught by the mamas, you know, and being taught by my ancestors, being taught by the babies that I get to watch and hold. And wow. yeah, um, I'm, I'm learning somatic therapy now. And so like the imprint that we leave on these infants is everything. And um, I think that a lot of times we think, oh, well, we can do and say whatever we want around the baby. And, you know, they don't remember, right? They don't know. They don't feel. We're just barely realizing that babies do feel. They feel. They <laughs> we know. won't get into that because that's Everything. a whole other hot topic. Yeah. It's, a, it's such a hot topic. And it's something I recently learned, too, because I did hypnotherapy. And the, the woman I, I was working with, she said that very, very often the person who she's working with goes back to the womb they remember when they were in the womb and that's the trauma that's where the trauma started so it's it's really it's amazing to me it's it's so incredible and we we yeah. I think it's so powerful because it shows us how important it is to create a positive experience during pregnancy and after birth and in the early days of of infancy because many of us don't realize the power we hold yeah yeah so tell us a little bit about the spiritual bath what's a spiritual bath so the spiritual bath um i actually um i learned this from uh the Mayan tradition and Rosita Arvigo, um, it wasn't in one of her, it was a training that someone was teaching that was her student. So it was a pass down to me. Um, the spiritual bath, we, I like to run a bath as hot as the person can take it. Um, usually it's done postpartum, but um, I'll set it all up with candles and just sacred stones and maybe some herbs and really just set the scene, dim the lights. And what this is, is it's kind of like, I would maybe refer it to like a rebirthing, almost like a baptism. 
um, they get into the waters and um, it's like going into the womb space again, right? Those healing amniotic waters and, or, or in my tradition, we'd call it the Temascal, right? The Anipi, the sweat lodge. Um, and so you're going back into those sacred waters and then I get herbs just depending on what I feel the mama needs. It could be sticks of lavender, rosemary, sage, whatever. And I begin slapping her with it. <laughs> and when you're, when, you're, <laughs> when you're slapping the body with the herbs, it breaks open the membrane of the herb and it allows it to penetrate into the skin even deeper. So that's when the realness starts happening. And then, you know, it, it, the heat with, with the feeding, it, it doesn't feel that comfortable. I mean, we can do some soft strokes and I can pour water. It just depends, but um, it's, it's one of the, it's kind of like birth. It's like, I'm all comfortable and now I'm being like forced into something. And that's when the breakthrough really starts to happen. Um, usually it's dark so you know they're able to kind of just really go inside and focus on their breathing and how am i going to get through this and and you'll notice things start to come up and that's when the tears flow and that's where you may experience screaming or you know whatever the, the family kind of has to be prepared and know that this this is going to be an experience everybody's okay you know and the partners are really good about holding space during this time and then i'll get my drum and you know we'll just kind of see what happens, what comes up. But yeah, it's about a good 20 minute experience. And um, it's, it's quite beautiful. And it's something that can be done at any point on our own. It's a part of our sacred self care practice, just getting into those waters and remembering, add some essential oils, you know, set it up once a week, just remember who we are and where we come from. And when we do these little acts of kindness, acts of service, for ourselves, we can be better for our children if we have them, our partners if we have one, and our work life, and just in general. When you say to that you do it postpartum as well, especially, what is the benefit of that release? Because I bet that crying or screaming, right? That's such a release. What is that accomplished postpartum? Yeah, well, I mean. We've all heard the term postpartum depression and it's so real, but there's, I believe that it's so real because there's not enough support around our emotions and what we're moving through. And especially if you've birthed in a hospital, it's like, we're so restricted as to our own birthing experience. It's like, oh, it has to be this way. And if you don't have your baby by this time and there's all this fear and so, to me, I feel like they're releasing tons of fear and whether it's sexual trauma that is because you're opening your root chakra, your, your, your sexual um, chakra, you're opening all of that. So it's like, if it's never contained, it's just open. Mm -hmm. So this kind of allows the waters, which represent emotion to allow things to happen, to be the container. That tub is now the container. And I don't know, maybe it's just the fact that someone is, is loving up on them, bathing them. Like how often do we get bathed? You know, how often do we get basically worshiped? How often <laughs> do we get to like release and scream inside of a body of water? You know, so I think it's so powerful postpartum just because there's never a space being held for that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think 
I think our partners do their best to hold that space, but they still may not be able to relate, even though they were there experiencing it with you, they may still not be able to have that divine feminine connection. You know, some men do hold and really embody that divine feminine. Some partners do embody that, but not always. Mm -hmm. So I think that vulnerability of having like, I'm a stranger to most people, especially if we haven't worked together prenatally or through fertility. So um, it's just a really vulnerable, open time. And I think that's another reason why it's so powerful. And I mean, so many women have trauma, especially sexual trauma. So it's really interesting that you say that because to open that, be so vulnerable in that, in that time, I think it must bring up so much, so much emotion, so much fear, and so many just memories that, like you said, somatic, right? They're kind of, they kind of live in the body. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's, it, it really shocks me, like, how many individuals, not just women, have experience sexual trauma and i'm just like why the fuck aren't the parents talking about this to their kids mm -hmm. like why why are we teaching our kids how to swim why are we teaching our kids you know math and reading but we will shut our mouths when it comes to sex when it comes to our anatomy when it comes to our boundaries why it honestly, like my heart is feeling like broken right now, just talking about it. I also, before COVID was doing, um, for the last six years, I was working at a, a middle school with uh, the girls. And we had our group once a week. And I kid you not, I had to unfortunately report so many instances where these kids would just come out and say, Miss Cherry, I gotta tell you something. You know, because in the classes, I will talk about boundaries. I will talk about how to say no. I will talk about dating, you know, to the, to the extent that I can in middle school, but it triggers something in them to speak up. And I'm like, baby, you've been holding on to this for how long now? This happened to you when you were five, really? Because nobody ever told them to say no. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever told them to just scream or to kick or what to do. Mm -hmm. So a lot of us, yes myself included, have been holding on to trauma within our reproductive and sexual system mm -hmm. that we just still don't, do not know how to address. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. Yeah, <sighs> it's very, very shocking for many people to realize how many others have experienced such trauma and the fact that there isn't a lot of talk about it. And there's also not a lot of resources, right? For young people and adults. And a lot of, I mean, there's people who have suppressed it, who don't even remember, they've, they've shut it away. And then these things come up, right? During pregnancy, during birth. And I think it also creates a blockage in terms of intimacy with your partner because, you all of a sudden have anger or shame or guilt and that separates you from that person but you might not be able to express why and they don't understand why right so i think it's so powerful to have 
somebody like you to be able to talk about it or even just be in a space where you can release, right? Release that shame or whatever it is that you're holding on to, that your body's holding on to. Yeah. I mean, it's like when you're scared, you don't go, I'm scared. I'm open. Like, let's, let's have a baby. No, you go, I'm scared. Like, this is just what the body does. Mm -hmm. So even though maybe they haven't addressed, okay, I went through sexual trauma or, um, nobody ever talked to me about sex, or I'm like scared to show my private parts that this doctor has their hands all up in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's learning our yes and our no. And when we feel comfortable and, you know, a lot of the times I'll ask, oh, okay, well, what was it that you ended up having a C-section or, or that you had to get induced or what was slowing the labor? And it's always a blame on them. Oh, well, you know, I just, my hips weren't wide enough or, you know, I just wasn't able to put, but I promise you it's because that root chakra was hit and that stopped everything. It was like, oh shoot, wait a minute. Nope. I'm not ready. I'm scared. I'm scared. It's like, I remember when I, <laughs> I bungee jumped as a kid in Tennessee and I looked over the edge and I was like, oh, oh no, no, nope, this isn't going to happen. <laughs> yeah. You know, I wasn't just like, I'm scared. Woo! <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just what we do. Yeah. We, we lock up, we it's retreat. Yeah. So unless this is talked about, and this is why in all of my sessions, they're not drive by, come get a massage, like expect to be here an extra 30 minutes because we're going to talk about some stuff. Mm -hmm. We're going to address why you're having, you're experiencing so much pain in your back that won't go away or your neck or whatever the case, or what are your fears around giving birth? You know, maybe you don't feel like you're going to be a good parent because of how you were parented. Mm -hmm. So these are things definitely to not wait until after you give birth to start working on. Yes, yes, because so many times it blocks you from having a positive birth experience and you pass that trauma on through to your infant, to your child, and then they carry that. So it's so powerful to be able to address it before and perhaps continue to address it after birth as well, because it's not just a one and done thing, right? It's definitely a process. Healing is a process. Yeah. Yeah. And postpartum yeah, healing is a, is a process as well. So once, once you start working with someone, what does that look like? What are some of the aspects of that? I know you talked about belly binding. Is that something that you do right away or how long do you wait for that? So if they've had a vaginal uh, delivery, then I can do it. I've had some moms say, Hey, I just gave birth. Can you come to the hospital? It's very rare that that happens, but I have um, come to the hospital and done it right away. And it's the earlier it is, the, the more gentle it is. And usually it's just kind of even just a thermal heat process of holding space for the womb and just lightly wrapping the belly, just so they, just so they have that sealing, that closure, right, of giving birth. Because you're pregnant, you're, your belly's all full and tight, and then all of a sudden it's like a deflated balloon and you just feel so empty. The main thing I hear from moms is, I feel empty now. And even though my baby's in front of me, I have this like deep sadness of not having baby inside of me anymore. So this is like 
a really good way just to kind of like give closure and seal the, the womb space. So yeah, it can be done as early as like 30 minutes after birth, um, after the placenta has been released. Um, and then if there was a C-section birth, then we'll wait six weeks and make sure everything is healed up really nicely with the scar. Um, because I do like to do scar tissue releasing as well. And that's one thing that doesn't get addressed either. And there's fibers that, that grow under the, those dermal layers and they can start attaching or adhering to other organs. And that can be really, really uncomfortable and cause long-term effects too, especially for my higher melatonin ladies out there that do scar a lot easier. Um, so yeah, that's something to be worked on as well. Just, it's all preventative. Once again, it's just like, let's work on it and make sure nothing happens. Mm. Let's not wait because then we, we have a harder time rectifying the situation. And with a bone binding, is that similar to belly binding? Is it, the, is it like the same or is it different? So it's different in the sense that um, the belly bind is done with a nylon and cotton material. So it's breathable and movable. You can wear it up to a full 24 hours. Um, and that one's more like a therapy. It's helping things come back together. The bone bind is done with, I use about seven different materials. Um, and that one is, you're kind of like mummified. I'm wrapping the entire body one by one with those materials. So you're kind of like stuck in a position for about 10 to 15 minutes um, and then you're going on your little journey yeah so that one's more of an adjustment and also again uh, it's it's deeper in the sense of the, the spiritual effects that I think we're trying to address there and the belly bind is more physical more of a physical therapy and then when the when you do massage what is that for? Why would you do a massage postpartum? So, well, I'm helping the uterus to come back into its optimal position. I'm stroking upwards to make sure that the uterus doesn't prolapse. And also I'm checking for the diastasis recti, the abdominal splitting. Um, also I'm working in the way of the intestines to help with releasing and elimination because a lot of moms end up getting on laxatives <laughs> when it, they don't have to. So um, that's another thing too. That's amazing. And then you said you do also help a little bit with the breastfeeding. So you do the breast massage. Um, and then what, so many women have a hard time with breastfeeding. So what are some of the things that you can do to help them? I know that herbs are also incorporated, right? Yeah. Um, so I do have a, I call it mother's nectar tea. Um, and it's just a combination of like um, fenugreek, um, there's some alfalfa, some oat straw. Uh, I believe I may put rose hips in that one. Um, yeah, just some really good herbs to help get things flowing. So I'm not a lactation consultant, disclaimer. Mm -hmm. So I, I mostly just assist with making sure that there's a good latch and um, try to get the mama comfortable. Because a lot of times mom is like going to the baby and then she's doing this kind of thing. And, the, and then she's like, I don't know why my neck and my back are in so much pain. It's like even doing that for like two seconds, I can feel it. Yeah. Um, so really, I'm more about like... Um, the logistics of breastfeeding and just making sure that everyone's comfort. I'm here for comfort guys. That's, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. <laughs> comfort yeah. measures, but yeah. And 
Yeah. And it's so powerful just because you're supporting. And I, I remember when my sister had her baby and I was there in the first, I think I wasn't there the first week because my mom was there. And then I went the second week to stay with her for a week. And I remember her being in just this state of constant panic and fear. She, I think this happens to a lot of mothers where they think they're going to something, they're going to do something bad to the baby, or they don't know if the baby is going to live. What, what if something happens and they don't know what to do? So it's so powerful to just have someone there that you trust who knows what to do and, and yeah, you just don't feel like you're all by yourself and you have to panic all the time. What if you watch them sleep the whole time, just in case, I mean, it's so nice to have that support. So I think that that's, it's just priceless. Honestly, I, I feel like everyone should have a postpartum doula. <laughs> it's so important. It's so powerful. Seriously. Yeah. And, and it really I, is. yeah, it's so powerful. It's so important. So um, one of the things I also wanted to touch on is you do talk about in your practice, yoni steaming. And that's something I definitely want to touch on because I think it's such an important uh, practice that not a lot of people know about. So can you talk just a little bit about what that is and why do you incorporate it into your work? Absolutely. Thank you for asking. So uh, Oni is a Sanskrit word for, um, I'll call it the vulva because the vagina is different, mm -hmm. but it's the pussy. It's the sacred space of our body. Um, in India, there are practices where the yoni is worshipped by yoni puja. Um, so it's not just a place that we've forgotten about and that we give pleasure to other people. Uh, this is a very sacred place. So when we steam the yoni, what we're doing is we're sitting on a pot of herbs and I had a 10th generation shaman, um, male shaman, his father was a doula and his father's father was a doula. So yeah, he actually made my bajo, B-A-J-O, um, which is a box essentially that holds the herbs and you sit on it. And I've been blessed to have so many, at least I'd say 80 to 100 uh, women use this bajo now. And um, not to mention myself, I can't wait to use it out here in the Redwoods, but yeah, so I find out which herbs um, are needed for the individual. It can be anything from cooling herbs, which are good for those that are experiencing a lot of radiating heat in their body, such as a woman that's going through menopause. I have a combination of healing herbs, which are good for women that are experiencing any STIs, um, any just any kind of issue down there. Um, I've, I've helped women with polyps and cysts, uh, with steaming fibroids. They just start kind of like melting away. I call it a gynecologist in a box. Um, no disclaimers here about that either, but I'm just saying it's amazing. Um, I also have gentle herbs, which I use for my postpartum visits just to help heal up the perennial area, especially if there was any tearing. It helps to just make sure there's no skin growing in between the stitches or any debris, you know, it's just a really good way to uh, cleanse, cleanse, they call it a deluge in some traditions. Um, 
I don't like using the word cleanse though because it makes it seem like the yoni is dirty and it's not, but it's more of just like a refresher and um, the steam goes where it needs to go. And, you know, then you can release what you need to release, especially if you're having brown old blood during before or after your cycle, then like that needs to be steamed out. <laughs> we don't, if you have brown blood, that equals old blood. So don't sit around with old blood in your body. That's not a good thing. That's what inhibits uh, dis-ease and dysfunction. So it's good to get that out. And then lastly, I have my stimulating herbs, which I would use for a woman that's trying to get pregnant or has a lack of sexual appetite or libido. So wow. yeah, they just sit there and let the steam do its job <laughs> and it feels so yummy and sweet. And then you're all luscious after and you smell divine. And I mean, what more could you ask for? <laughs> that's so beautiful so beautiful the thing that I think is also so cool to know as you said the Bajo was was created by you know your so you have this shaman who was male and then the father his father was a doula and I think it's so beautiful because in our culture here we're the yoni is is thought of as kind of like shameful in some ways and and as only a sexual uh component of a woman but it is actually such a sacred component of a woman and so i love that that practice is so honored and respected that is so profound because it's not often in our culture that we have respect for the vulva right that we have respect for the yoni and viewing yoni steaming as a practice that is powerful and sacred and spiritual and also just a part of being healthy as a woman and having wellness, right? Self-care. So I think that's just such a beautiful practice. And I love that you incorporate it into your work. Thank you. I love incorporating it. <laughs> Do you find that women tend to, once they practiced it, they want to continue doing it as a part of their wellness routine? Yeah, definitely. And that's why I do, um, I'll make custom blend herbs or I have my set herbs, like the ones I mentioned, the stimulating gentle um, and so on. And I'll send them home with their herbs after we do a couple sessions together, because I do want to make sure there's no adverse reactions and that the temperature of the steam is is accurate you know there's certain things that we want to make sure of i have a whole nother intake when it comes to steaming um one to find out exactly what they need and two to find out well if one if you have an iud you should not steam i just want to mention that right away and if you're pregnant obviously you should not steam unless you're about to go into labor mm -hmm. i have assisted women with going into labor um, by steaming just softening up the cervix naturally and getting that tissue soft naturally but um, yeah, I, I can definitely put someone on a regimen for steaming after I observe just a couple of sessions uh, with me. That's amazing. That's so beautiful. And so um, what if, if somebody is expecting, if a woman is expecting and they're going to give birth soon, what is something that you would want them to know as they go into their postpartum fourth trimester? Mm, not regarding steaming anymore, right? Just no, in just general. in general, yeah. 
Okay. Um, wow, that's a loaded one. <laughs> I would want them to know that they're, cap they're, they're fully capable of doing this. They've come this far. I'd want them to know that asking for help is 100% okay. Um, I'd want them to know that it's okay if you feel uncomfortable breastfeeding your baby. Um, you know, there's, there are, you know, other natural alternatives. And there's also ways that we can work around that to where you do feel comfortable breastfeeding your baby. Um, I want them to trust themselves more than anybody else, doctor, OB, anybody partner, anybody trust themselves first. And I'd want them to know that self-care is 100% essential during this time. In mm -hmm. fact, it takes a village to raise a kid. That's not, that's not just an old African proverb. That is the truth of the matter. Mm -hmm. um, so the more help you have, the better you're going to heal. The, the next 40 days represents the next 40 years of your life. So if you're just la laxing on everything and eating terrible foods, high sodium, you know, just filling your body with crap, then you may not heal at your optimum. Like just give yourself these 40 days. That's, that's all. Just give yeah. yourself 40 days to be loved up on, taken care of. You don't have to hurry up and get back into your, your old body. You will never have that old body again. You are in a brand new body and this brand new body is magical and divine. And you're going to love it even more than you ever had if you learn to love yourself first and if you take care of you first that's what i would say so profound so beautiful oh my gosh all right so i have three questions for you and they're just lovely okay. questions that i'd love to ask my guests at the end of our interview so what nourishes okay. your soul mm. Being in nature, you know, uh, the reason I moved out here was exactly for that, to have my soul nourished, to, to feel taken care of when I'm not working, um, and to be by water. I'm a cancer, so sticking my feet in the water and getting in the water is 100% like a refill to my soul. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. What is your wish for the world in this coming year? Mm. My wish for the world in this coming year is to let go of the fear, um, to not allow others to trick you into following a certain way that does not belong to you. And um, to just, really my wish for the women is to come back into our power and to let go of the patriarchy and for the men to embrace their divine feminine and support the goddesses of this earth. What is the most powerful thing that people can do to contribute to a more beautiful world? Love and compassion. Just staying in constant love and compassion and not focusing on all the negative because, you know, like attracts like and we're sending those frequencies out. So if we can walk with compassion and that includes our steps, like don't just tread wherever you want to go. Like ask for things before you take it from nature. Look at where you're walking, you know, don't just 
you could be stepping on a snail or something, <laughs> you know, just yeah. really be more mindful about your step and the way that you move in this world and smile at as many people as you can. I know it's hard with the mask these days, but if you can, they can still see your eyes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So powerful. Do you want to share your song with us? If, if you feel inspired to I'm fine with it. I'll be right back. Okay. My drum's a little flat, but <laughs> let's see. strong woman song thank you to my ancestors thank you angels guides and spirits and all the four directions that encompass all of us may we continue to walk in your steps with grace honor and love and compassion wow thank you thank you cherish this was so incredible and beautiful and you are just beautiful in every way. So thank you for sharing your wisdom and your grace and your energy today with us. We are so grateful. 
Thank you so much, Doa, for having me and just allowing spirit to move through both of us today. I'm honored to be here. Thank you.